Everybody, the Lord is on our side. But most important, God is on his throne. Amen. Did you get the time this past couple of days to really think about the Lord? Even though our nation is in celebration mode, did you really take time and just think about the Lord? And all right, and uh, giving Christ our Lord the glory. I don't understand celebration mode. Fourth of July. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that we celebrated. Yes. Yes. I just thought you meant in general. It's like I don't. He said I. I don't see any celebration. I just see war and mess in the world. Yes. But there's a mighty movement of God's spirit that's going on. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is birthing new babes in Christ like crazy. And also, not only is he birthing a new generation in the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's also doing a work in those who are older who truly belong to him. And he has called his children forward. And what's happening is that the new generation of believers is going to have to be trained by the older generation of believers. And here's the thing. They're both going to be on the front lines. It's no more putting your most ex experienced Christians on the front line the Holy Spirit is equipping all of the children of God and Christ Jesus on the front line. Everybody know how to wage in warfare because the same Spirit who works all in all for the glory of God and Christ is this, he would take a very seasoned saint like the Apostle Paul and then take a young Timothy and do the same work with him. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, warfare is nothing to be feared. In the name of Jesus, it's, uh, someone said something about someone that's really having a difficult time right now about something in their life. And my comment was, you have to go back to what Jesus told us through the writings of Paul in Hebrews chapter 12. Fix your eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. Here's what's so beautiful. You've got to celebrate Jesus. God never told us to fix our eyes on our situations. God never told us to fix our eyes on what's going on around us. He said, fix your eyes on me. Okay? Now, with that said, do, do understand this. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul encouraged the church in Ephesus. He said, redeem the times. Redeem the time. Well, what does that mean? That means right now, look around you, see what's going on, and not necessarily see what the world is doing, but to see what God is doing. Amen. Oh, glory. Amen. 
this, this is what the church has got to do. God, the body of Christ, now has got to stop looking at, well, I'm 70 years old, or I'm 68 years old, or I'm 17 years old, or I'm 25 years old. It doesn't matter. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what's important. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, already know what we're facing. Always. There's power in the name of Jesus. Because, listen, let's talk about that for a moment. Let's just glorify God. Let's just uplift the name of Jesus. Let's just give God some praise and some glory. Bible study should be a Holy Ghost filled time in which God's children not only come to learn, but to praise His holy name because He's worthy. There's power in the name of Jesus. Why do you think Jesus told those apostles? He said, In my name, you'll be able to cast out devils and you'll be able to heal the sick. And even raise the dead. He said in my name. Why? Why did he tell them that? Because he knew that they would be faced with these things. Not just them, but us too. Because if you recall his prayer in John chapter 17, as John recorded, he says, Father, I don't just pray for these. He was talking about the men who were just currently there with him in that upper room. Remember that Judas had already left. The leaven is still present. He said, I'm not only praying for these, okay, but I'm praying for those who will become disciples through them. Why? Why is he praying for disciples who have not yet been birthed by the Holy Ghost? Because he knows we need him. And he knows that, that we need to be one with him and the Father and with each other. And when we're one with the Father, one with him and each other, then in the name of Jesus, you can go and conquer the gates of hell. <coughs> we used to have an old saying in the army that you can run through the gates of hell with gasoline drawers on and not be touched. <laughs> I know it's something crazy, but listen, it's power. In the name of Jesus, power for you to say to whatever that is that God said for you to do, in Jesus' name, this is going to happen. Just that powerful. The Lord, by the Holy Ghost, has been beating me up, and Jesus is so precious. He's so wonderful, so marvelous, brother. Miss Vicki, did you know that in John chapter 14, in Paul, in his letter to the Romans, in, in, in verse 23 there, in the last part of that verse, he said, whatsoever is without faith, it is sin. Whatsoever that is without faith, it is sin. Well, what does that mean? That you must place your trust in the living God and the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, at all time for all things. And, you know, and... Don't let world or circumstances put limitations on how you how you believe. There's been a long discussion on Facebook with some friends, and one of the questions arise is can can God know our thoughts? Yes. Can God be at every place at the same time? Yes. yes. Okay. And is confession something which we must do? And if God knows everything, then why do we have to conf to confess to Him? And so I came back and said, just in a simple, simple statements. First of all, confession is not for God to know that you've done wrong. 
Confession is for you to be true to God and to yourself because he already knows. Okay? Another thing is, uh, you really think that the God of the universe, the, the designer and the engineer, the builder of the universe, don't know what's going on? <laughs> Hold on. You know, and the other part of that is that how can you measure God with human values and standards? How? If God is so far outside of us, and he is, how can any human standard measure him? And then put limitations on him with applied human abilities. You cannot do that. Okay? Understand what King David said. Lord, you know all of my words even before they hit my tongue. You know all of them. And how do you know this, God? He said, I don't know. Such knowledge is too high. And King James says, says lofty. Okay? They come back. It's too lofty. He said, I cannot attain it. In other words, it's incomprehensible. How can you comprehend God who created your mind? How can you counsel the Almighty? Even Job said, you know, God said to Job, he said, where is my equal that I may repay him? There isn't one. And Jehoshaphat said, Lord, who's able to counsel you? Who can tell God you messed up? Okay, you need to go back and redo this. All right, you got an F on this, God. You need to go back and redo this one. Okay? And essentially, in human standard, what we say to God is, <laughs> you messed up a lot. <laughs> okay. Because it's not done my way. Okay, let's play some pitter pat games here. The prophet Isaiah uh, by way of God said that my thoughts are what? Not your thoughts. And my ways are what? Not your ways. Why? He said, because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Come on. Out of reach, people. And my ways is higher than your ways. The psalmist writing Psalm 107, he said, listen. He said, God showed the children of Israel his minor acts. Did you know that? And he did. Look at the plagues of Egypt. Look at the opening of the Red Sea. Look at manna from heaven. Quail out, come out of nowhere, water out of a rock. The feet of the enemies. I mean, God just demonstrated his, his mighty powers over and over and over again, right? But he did something with one man he didn't do with the rest of them. So he showed Israel his power, but Moses, he showed his ways. What does that mean? That means he showed Moses his heart. He showed Moses his heart. Come here, Moses. And if you think David was a man after God's own heart, think about Moses, who laid in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights, and God's presence didn't kill him. And he didn't eat, big brother. Didn't drink either. Or drink. And then he was allowed to look upon the glory of God from the backside <laughs> and live. <laughs> Woo! I think God ever did that with King David. Amen? Mm -hmm. yeah. 
<laughs> and so we look at the fabulous character of God. It is so beyond our reach. That's why the writers tell us in very simple language, he's indescribable. You cannot describe who God is. He's, you know, you in your textbook cannot describe God and you and your laboratory scientists cannot explain him. So how, how, how are you going to do it? And neither with your human wisdom can you understand him. Isn't that amazing? And as we narrow it down, as we get ready to go to the Lord in prayer, I want you to focus on this now. God being who he is and his amazing magnificence. He came down in the form of one of us. And the minds to be of his day as a human here on earth couldn't understand that he was never trained in their schools, but yet he knew more about the scriptures than they did. <laughs> he was never dressed in a fancy robe because he was a carpenter, couldn't understand that he had more majesty than they. Come on. And they didn't understand how this one that is so humble and so meek, yet angels came and bowed down before him. <laughs> how do you explain that away? How? And it blew their minds when he would say in the scriptures, and King James was so wonderful in having his translator write it this way, and he perceived their thoughts. Even before they said anything, he said, why do you reason in your hearts? What is easy to do? To say to him, your, your sins are forgiven? Or rise up and walk? <laughs> Woo! I, I, I imagine I'd have turned and run by that time. How did you know what I was thinking? Okay? Because he knew. And he still knows. And this is the God we serve. And he's the one and only living God. Don't be deceived by mockery, okay? Don't be, don't be deceived by copycats, all right? There's only one true God, and his name is Jesus. Yes, in the flesh, he's Jesus. But on the throne, he's Yahweh. He's God and God alone. And no one is able to stand against him. That's what Jehoshaphat said, and he knew that. Now, can you imagine, you just get, your messengers just come in and just tell you, King, there are three nations now against us, and they're in battle array. They're in battle formation. There are hundreds of thousands who are just marched against the kingdom. What are we going to do? <laughs> but glory be to God, there was a man of God in their midst. Okay? But that man also, that king, was a godly man, big brother. And what did he do? He called all of Judah together with their wives and with their children. And they proclaimed the fast and a day of prayer. He said, we're going to seek the Lord. And when they went before the God of all creation, you know what they said to him? Are you not God in heaven and rule over all of the kingdoms of the earth? 
Uh-oh. And then they made it personal, big brother. Are you not our God? Uh-oh. You don't think they got God's ear? <laughs> and man, as Jehoshaphat began to praise and magnify God, God sent a word. Are you hearing me? God sent a word. And you know what that word was? Oh, Jehoshaphat, you need not worry because of the size of this multitude. You don't need to fear and you don't need to tremble for the battle is not yours, but mine. <laughs> Jesus sent a word from heaven to Jehoshaphat. He said, look, son, you don't have to worry. I'm on your side. Where is that story? 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Powerful word. And as the Lord began to take control, as the enemy's army marched closer, you know what God said to him? He said, listen, once again, you need not fight in this battle, for the battle is not yours, but mine. All I want you to do is show up. <laughs> Isn't that what Jesus said? In my name, show up. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just show up and give God some glory. Show up and show out in the name of Jesus. Show up, show up, show up in the name of Jesus. That's all God wants you to do. Show up in the name of Jesus. Show up, show up, show up. Not too hard, is it? No, it's not too hard. And you know what? God does not like cowards. Revelation chapter 21 describes very, very detailed that who's going to be in the new holy city of God, the new Jerusalem. And one of the things that he described, not only whoremongers and murderers and liars and all of them won't be there, but he said cowards will not be there. And you know what? A coward will not honestly tell God he's afraid, but he'll turn and run. But a true man of God, even if he's afraid, will say to God, Lord, I'm scared. Think of Gideon. You think Gideon wasn't scared? And what did God do with Gideon? He called him as he saw him. He said, great man of valor. Uh-oh, Gideon goes, who, who are you talking about? Where is he at? <laughs> you are the man. <laughs> and he wanted to be sure that this guy, this was God talking to him. And, and, and he, in a sense, he put God through the test with the fleece. Did he not? Lord, if this is really you talking to me, wet the ground and let the fleece be dry. God did it. Okay. It's okay, Lord, I got to make sure that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. All right? God, let the ground be dry and let the fleece be wet. God did it. He did the opposite what he had asked for the day before. Then Gideon was convinced that the Lord God had spoken to him. And this man, who was the least in his father's house, the runt of the family, of the litter, we like to say, right? Under the authority of God himself. Started out with thousands of men. God said too many. Narrowed down to 12,000. God said still too many. 
They say, here's the final test, Gideon. Take them to the water. Take them to the water. See how they drink. And see how they drink. If they're laughing the water and looking around, in other words, they're alert. He said, keep them. But they've got their heads in the water and not looking. He said, send them home. <laughs> and what did he do? Only 300 was up. Licking the water like this so they can see what was going on. God said, get them. That's all you need. That's all you need. Well, did he start out with like 100,000? Oh, he had thousands of them. <laughs> but go to show you, God, why did God do this? He said so that the people wouldn't say that we got the victory. But that God got the victory. Jesus, on the other hand, tell his children... My name is the only sword you need. Okay? The word of God in Jesus is the sword of the spirit. And when we arm ourselves with that, the enemy don't, that's why the enemy don't like you to come to Bible study. That's why he tries to do everything to make you tired, make you sleepy, make your ankles rolling, make the children mad at you, make traffic heavy. Okay? Do all kind of crazy stuff to keep you from getting to Bible study. Why? Because he know, oh, don't let her learn that verse. Oh, no, 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 not that one. No, 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 no weapon formed against me shall what? Shall pro oh, no, 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 no. Uh, go blow the page, demon. Blow that page. Okay? <laughs> she don't need to see that one. But God said, oh, yeah, you're going to see that one. You're going to see that one. Okay? And Lord Jesus kept saying over and over and over again to his servants, to his children. He said, in my name. Over and over again, in my name. And when you do things in Jesus' name, number one, you got the Father's attention. Because he said, not by power, nor by might, but by my what? Spirit, saith the Lord, when you mention the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost says, let's go to work. All right? It's time to go to work. And you know what? At the name of Jesus, the whole armies of heaven, because Jesus is the commander of the armies of heaven. When they hear that amazing and magnificent name of Jesus, those angels go, yeah. All right, Master, where you want us to go? Okay? And Holy Ghost, get them, boys! <laughs> I'm just acting Sammy now. <laughs> and faster than the speed of light, things happen. Huh? You don't think Joshua didn't experience the movement of God's spirit? When he, when he had to fight against the five Canaanite kings that had attacked Gibeon, Greatly outnumbered, God told the son, be still. Don't you move. Lengthen the day of the battle. And as Joshua then began to defeat their enemies and chase them, do you know what happened? Do you know what happened that day? God told the angels of heaven as those kings was fleeing. You know what happened, Miss Vicky? God said, get them, boys. Do you, do you know what happened? 
the angel took millstones from heaven. Can you imagine all the way from heaven a rock hitting you? Let no one hit you just across the street. What is it going to do to you? Go run into one. Yeah, but all the way from heaven. God said, get him. And them angels threw those millstones. And a millstone is pretty big because it had to be used to crush wheat and stuff. So they, they you know, grind it up. And, those, and the scripture says that the angels killed more the enemy was killed by the millstones than what Joshua them did with the sword. Ah, man, 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 man. Do you all understand who we serve? When you come in here, you got to be pumped up and ready to go with the Holy Ghost. You don't know what the Spirit is going to do. You don't know what he's going to teach you. You don't know how he's going to move you. And you don't know who he's going to tell you to pray for and what to do in that prayer. And you can't see in the spirit world where the spirit is at work. If sometime if we can just, man, be blessed to see the Holy Ghost at work, poor we'll fall down on our face before God and never get up again. So, whoa! Did you see that? <laughs> and Lord, people will just, whoo! So we're learning not to fret. Because the Spirit of God does not fret over anything. You don't think he was with Daniel when they threw him in the lion's den? And Leo said, we got some dinner, some dinner tonight. Okay? And the Holy Ghost said, oh, no, you don't. Not from this one, you don't. But what about the Hebrew boys that were thrown into the furnace so hot, seven times hotter than it normally was. Who did old Nebuchadnezzar see in there? He said, wait a minute. Did we not throw three men? He said, what? And he specifically saw Jesus. He said, wait a minute. There's a fourth one who looks like who? The son of man. Jesus. Had showed up in the furnace and said, boys, they were walking around. you don't have to worry about anything. They're probably down there just having a good old time, just talking. The fire blazing all around them and they ain't even touching them. The scripture said not even the stench of smoke was on their clothes, nor were the hair cinched. And yet folks wanted out that God is able to know your thoughts. Mm. How is it possible you can throw a man in fire and he not be burned? Because God showed up. And when God shows up, things happen, Miss Marie. You hear me? If you don't believe me, go and ask the Red Sea. I, I, I just encourage you, get on a flight, fly to the southern part of Israel, go to the Red Sea, say, hey, did God part you? Are we expecting an answer? I don't know what you get. <laughs> but if that sea could talk, but if that sea can talk, he would tell you, yes, he did. They were baptized. Well, for so many. Yeah, a million and a half to two million people, maybe three million people. They all said they were, the, the, the writer of Hebrews said that they were all baptized in the Moses when they passed through the sea. So God washed them. Amen. <laughs> Amen? You want, but they didn't get wet. You can't tell God what happened. He seen it. So, Miss Vicky, you already had Bible study? 
What you just got to. <laughs> missed it last week. Yeah, Crystal was cutting up in here. Boy. We had a good time. <laughs> so be encouraged. Be encouraged. I know we're few in number, but don't worry about that. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep on walking with the Spirit of God. Keep on walking in the spirit rather than the flesh. Keep on giving, sending up praises to God most high. Keep on magnifying the name of Jesus that's above every name. And keep on looking at heaven because someday the Lord is going to split that sky. And he's going to roll it up like a scroll and put it away like a garment. That's what the writer says. We got something to look forward to, people. Our God is not not dead. Our God is God. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And as we get ready to, to walk into prayer, understand what's going on in Israel right now. There is a pivotal point of something going on in Israel right now. And the nations wants to divide Jerusalem. I need to remind you that God says, woe to them who divide my city. If you look up the definition of W-O-E, woe, it's not pretty. That means it's going to be an outcome that you're not going to want to live with. And the national leaders who are involved in this thing don't realize that they're bringing calamity upon their own nations. God has not changed his mind about Israel. God has not changed his mind about the boundary lines when he showed them to Moses. Okay, from that great mountain to the north, Mount Hermon, which is known as the Lebanon Range, to the great Negev in the south, they're talking about the desert, from the great river Euphrates to the great sea, Mediterranean. God said this land, will be to the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He didn't say not a shared land. A one title, one name, Israel. And so pray. Pray for Israel. Israel have a leader right now that truly loves the United States. Netanyahu spent his childhood here. He loved this. That's why he speaks English without an accent. He loved this land. But he also, what the President of the United States did to that man when he came here, he went on a 
Cocktail? Yeah, didn't even have the audacity to cancel the show or postpone it. To meet with another national leader. He's just a fool, a deceitful fool, that's all. And I can't wait. Instead of Prime Minister Netanyahu is the most powerful leader on earth. Yes, sir, he is. He's the most intelligent leader on earth, too. And he's the most courageous leader. Yes, sir. I'm the most godly. And he's not afraid to call it what it is. He's pretty Rico Suave, too. Okay, now you just blew me away with that one. That went right over my head. Yeah. That's all right. That's only fair. I get them sometimes. I got, you know, I got to, I got lather it up a little bit. We're talking about the leader of Israel, and most people in the world don't realize what's going on at all. Most people you talk to, they don't know that this is this is the time. This is the linchpin. This is what's going on. The the four horsemen are all around Israel. Those four colors, uh, the four colors of the flags, all around Israel, surrounded. And uh, so, yeah, I pray for Israel daily. And our leaders here, too, our leaders, to repent. Yes. Even Obama, repent. Just repent. And that's all God asked for. God doesn't ask a leader to be, you know, something that he's not really meant to be. Well, I mean, half of these guys in the pews, they wouldn't last five minutes in the political realm. They'd get eaten up like a lion. I mean, these nice guys who are like, you know, you got to have a warrior in that place. I, I believe we, at this point, we need a commander in chief again. We haven't had one in a long We time. need, we need a David. Yes, sir. As a leader, or a Joshua. Are you going to next, uh, next election? <laughs> that's that's not afraid to love God. Joshua, the scripture tells us, and we're going, and I say we're going to go in prayer. We really do need to. Uh, Joshua, when Israel messed up in the battle in the battle of Ai, he laid on his face before God and cried. That's humility. The most powerful man in Israel of his day, leading the nation of Israel in the battle. Now on the floor like a baby, crying before his God. God, what happened? What went wrong? And God basically said, get up. <laughs> what you laying up for? It's sin in the camp. <laughs> you got to fix this right now. And you know, the man of God got up and said, hey, it's a time to weep before God, and it's a time to take action before God. He got up and said, oh, God said, it's aching. Go get him and bring his whole household here. And they dealt with him severely because he brought a plague upon Israel by stealing the forbidden items. So Israel, you know, they should have won that battle. But glory be to God. After that, God gave them the victory. That's the Lord Jesus. You know, when we repent, Jesus gives us the victory, don't he? And so, Miss Vicky, 
you have a heart for that building. Yeah. You really do. And I seen your vision the other day. I really did. I got a hold of the vision like I've never had before. I seen it. But we got to ask God. And we got to believe. And know what Lord Jesus had Paul to write. That which is without faith is sin. So we got to know that Lord Jesus is going to do this. I don't know how. I don't know how we're going to get the down payment. I don't know how the, 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 the banks will come about. I don't know any of this. But I know, I know that I know it's coming. In Jesus' name. So will you pray for that, for that building? Well, I've seen it. I've been in it before. I've been in it before. It's really nice. And then, big brother, I'm going to skip you right now. Will you pray for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Carl, mighty outpouring of the Spirit. That's what we need. We need a mighty movement of God's Spirit in this town. And we need it. And we need it now. So I'm trying to pray, Carl. You pray for that. And Miss Marie? I know we're going to get it. You can pray for Maurice tomorrow. He what? Tomorrow's a court hearing. Just don't worry about it. But then at least will you give God some praise over it? Yes. Okay, when it's your turn? <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, I'm not. In the name of Jesus. And we got the greatest lawyer there is. All right? Yeah, for sure. And Big Brother. I want you to pray for the lost souls that have been deceived. First of all, there's two categories I want you to pray for. You may want to write it down. The first one. Is the ones who never confess Jesus as Lord. That we will reach them with the gospel. And the second one, second category, is those who say they know Jesus but not living for him. And believe that their current life situation is okay with God. That's a deception. I've come across so many. My Lord, my God. Will you ask the Holy Ghost to show them their sins? Show them how they stand before God right now. Because they're forgetting one important thing. Jesus Christ was set at judgment. He will be the judge on the bench of God and he will judge them and he will know whether or not they truly belong to him I'm telling you brothers and sisters we got a lot of folks deceived and I don't want them perishing because they think everything is okay and and that God is God of love. Absolutely, is. if he wasn't, Jesus wouldn't have came. And boys, 
Y'all gonna pray too. Will you pray for other children? And I'll wrap it up, <clears throat> beginning with you. Father, we come before you tonight, and we, we know that you have a vision for our church and a direction that you want us to go. Yes, Lord. And the souls that you want us to reach and the people you want us to feed with the gospel and with the food ministry. We've seen this church over here in High Springs, and, and when it came to our attention, Lord, I just felt, I felt, something jump and leap in my spirit if this is what you want for us Lord we are asking for your direction yes, we want to be led by you we want it to be totally your call for us just open the doors Lord we don't know where the money's going to come from we don't know how we're going to sustain it but you own like, like you said all the cattle on the hill <laughs> Yes, Lord. So you already own that building. And if that's the building that you want for us, open the way for us. Bring it to pass. We are waiting. We are we are anxiously waiting and looking and listening for your guidance and your direction. Give us favor with the people who own it and the banks who have the money and anybody that you stir their heart to be sending money this way. Start bringing in the congregation, bringing in the people so that they can learn and grow and be saved. Their children can learn the word. They can be raised in a church that's going to feed them correctly. We just praise you, Father, that you are looking out for us. You know where you want us to be, and we are listening. And yes, Jesus Miss Marie? Father, I know in my heart that Maurice is a good person. And I know you're going to help him. I don't know why he's where he is. There must be a reason. I don't know the reason. But I've done as much as I can to tell them they made a big mistake. And I hope the state of Florida, the lawyers there, recognize it, that it was a big mistake. A person confessed to the crime that he was accused of which was good, but I don't know. I'm praying that that kid gets out of where he's at because he doesn't deserve it. I know he's a good person, and I don't know what else we can do to help him, but I pray that you can help him yes, when we go to court again. In Jesus' name, I pray and I hope, and I know, I know he's innocent, and I want you to help us, and I know you will. There's a reason behind everything that you do, I know there is, and I want help from you, and I know we're going to get that building, I know we're going to get that building. 
if my horse can win a race, we will get that filled in, in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, Carl. Paul. Paul, I'm, why am I thinking, Carl? Forgive me. Yeah, but I should have known. We just come before you humbly and in awe of what you do in our lives. And we forget we're still overwhelmed by your love for us. So we thank you for that. We thank you for your presence, your peace, your covering, your spirit, your blood. Yes, Lord. Lord, we need a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit on this planet, specifically this county, Latchville County. Lord God, there's a mighty move. I can see it. I can feel it. You've shown me some wonderful things regarding the battle, the victory, running the race, finishing the race. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you would just... By the power of your Holy Spirit, just prepare the hearts of these pastors to lead all these dead churches. Jesus. That, that's where we need to start. We've got the, the churches are full, the buildings are bigger, the money's there, the resources there, you know, the people are there. Um, but there's no power right now, Lord. We need your power. Lord, this fear that's just soaked this country, it's just Yes. People are either crazed or afraid or just totally impotent or just there's a few there's a few of us that are walking in the light and claiming Christ as that light. Lord, I just ask that you just open the hearts, that you just break away that crust, that you would just deal with those hearts of the pastors, that they truly know the name of Jesus and they know you. Lord God, that you would just deal with that hard heart right now, Jesus. Right now, right now, yes, Lord. Lord God, that you would just open up the hearts, open up the vessels, open up the minds, the eyes, the ears, Lord God, and start there with these holy men, these leaders who started off well, and then it just became program and tithe and whatever, bigger building numbers, stats. I don't know. I don't care. I know you don't care. I know it's not a big deal. I know you care, but it's no big deal. It's you're just waiting for someone to ask. So I'm asking you right now. In the Father, name of Jesus. Father, Adonai, our sustainer. Oh, Lord, we need you. We need you more than ever. We need a mighty act. Yes. And that power comes through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you would just pour out your grace. Just pour out your spirit into the leaders, the leaders of this county. Lord, we're ready for that revival. I see it. I can taste it. I can feel it every day. Lord God, we're ready for that revival. This group here is ready for that revival, Lord God. You would just honor that. And Lord, you would just light it up. You would just light those pastors up. They would just become beacons right now. Right now. They would be able to lay down the finances, lay down the programs, lay down the prestige, burn the idols of fame, burn the idols of fortune. We need work here, Lord. We need work here. I know everybody's doing great things all over the world. They got posters to prove it. But Lord, I throw those posters in the fire because you told us not to advertise. You told us not to know what the what the left hand knows, what the right hand's doing, vice versa. Heavenly Father, we uh, we call on you and we wait expectantly, and it's done. And I praise you for that. I praise you for that. It's done. This prayer is already answered. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Ooh, the name above all names, King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So yes, Lord. For you, that we do worship you. Yes, you. yes. We Lord. give it all to you. We give it all to you. Yes, Lord. You know our hearts. You know our hearts, Lord. Just fan those flames. Fan those flames. The ones that walk with you without fear, with love, but with power, with a sound mind, with faith, with joy, despite the fact that we walk in the shadow, in the valley of the shadow of death, Lord. You know that we just need it now. We need it now more than ever. Yes, Lord. We need it right now because that's where we are. We're right now. We're right here. And we're not worried about the past. We're, the future is yours. Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. And we operate within that atmosphere, Lord God. And I pray that you just loose your angels, loose your power, loose your yes. spirit on this county. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In the mighty name, name of Jesus. Jesus Christ's name. In Jesus' name. Yes, 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 yes. I pray and I ask and I thank you. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Amen. All right, big brother. Keep it flowing. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Father. We claim it in Jesus' name. Yes. We Jesus. also want to pray for the never confess that Jesus is Lord. And to all those that say that they know him and don't, they're deceived with it. There's so many that are deceived walking around that they, they're confessing that they know you and they don't. Father, I ask that you will show a mighty spirit so they can see you, so they know. And not only this United States, Father, but all over the world, all the people that are deceived, Lord, from knowing you. And from our president down, Lord, show your mighty spirit. Show. show them who you really are. Yes, show Lord. Them who your son is and what he's done for them and, and what they've been delivered from. If they only knew what they can be delivered from, they will change their ways, Lord. Yes. Lord. And we lift them up and we bring them to you, Lord, because they're yours and you love them and you want them. But the deceiver is there working hard on them. Father, we claim that the, the, the deceiver loose them. Just, yes, Father. Just give them hope, Lord, that you are there and always will be there. Your word says you'll never leave them nor forsake them. All they have to do is repent. And Father, I ask. In Jesus' name, that not just this country, but all over the world, Lord, that people will come to you, Lord, seek you, yes, that they will humble themselves, yes, that all Father, the countries and all over the world just humble themselves to you, yes, Jesus, because there's no other way but to yes, Jesus, which and we can be saved, Jesus, Lord, for what He done on the cross for us, the debt that He paid for us that we could never pay. We thank you, Father, for you sending your Son Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Boys, you ready to pray? Go ahead and pray for children. Dear Lord, I would just like to say thank you for everything that you've done to me. Keep my family, friends, and everybody else safe. 
Father, we just love you and want to praise you and give your name all the honor and glory because you're God and God alone and you're worthy, Lord God, of all of our praise. And thank you for your holy son, Jesus, the often finish of our faith. And Lord, by him coming and becoming one of us and he know what real pain is, he know what real hunger and thirst is, and he knows what it's like to be rejected. And, and Father, you say he was a man of sorrow and, and, and grief and Lord, there's nothing in which he was not tempted with and, and yet without sin. And, and Father, he stood firm on his call and he never, ever wavered. And he, even when men was threatening him, Lord, he did not deny you. He, he, he stayed on task and he kept telling the people that God is my father. And regardless, they tried to get him to deny you. He would not deny you. And we're so glad that he didn't, Lord, and we're glad also that your word tells us what if others don't believe uh, because Jesus cannot deny himself simply because we don't believe. And Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and dying and bleeding, Lord, and that by your bleeding stripes we're healed. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, Paul, right now, that ankle is healed. In the name of Jesus, Lord, because you said, Lord, in your name, we can ask and it'll be done. So in your name, Lord Jesus, we're asking right now that that anchor, whatever the cause of, whatever that snap was, Lord, heal it right now. Mend the pieces back together. Remove the swollen uh, tissue and cells, Lord. Command them to return back to normal. And Father, we love you. We love your people, Israel. And we're praying, Lord, for your heads of protection around Israel. And, and Lord, we're praying that you loose your angels on Israel too, Lord to go against our enemies and, and Lord, lose the power and person of the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel to every Jewish person, Lord, no matter what quarters he's in, uh, she's in, Lord. Bring forth the mighty movement of your spirit in Israel right now, Lord. And Father, we know that these are your people near the apple of your eye. And we're asking, Lord, tear down the idol called the Dome of the Rock. Tear it down, Jesus, and erect your temple there. And bring forth God a mighty word in Israel right now. Re-erect Mount Zion. Re-erect your holy city, Jerusalem. And place your holy name there, Lord. And kick the enemy out. Yes. Kick them out, Lord. And for these United States, Lord, Father, we're praying as Abraham did. We're asking you, Lord, if there be fifty righteous, do not destroy the nation, Lord. And pre-adventure, Lord, if there's only 40, do not destroy the nation, Lord, because a select few make decision for the millions that's here, Lord. They're not our decision, and they're not our ways, because your ways, O oh God, are our ways, and your thoughts are our thoughts, because it says so in your word, and that you told us to let your word be in us, that is also in Christ Jesus. And that's, and that's the mind of Christ, Lord. That attitude that's in Jesus can only come in us by your word. And we're asking, Lord, write your word up on the table of our hearts so that we don't sin against you, O God, for thou art holy. Have your way in our lives, Lord, by the Holy Ghost, from the White House to the street house, wherever it is, Lord, 
Bring forth your righteousness like the noonday sun and let it ever shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Let your children be like that lighthouse that sits us up on the hill that everybody will see it and glorify you, Father, that's in heaven. Let it be done, Lord, as it is written. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask now that the Holy Ghost continue to have his way and your word as he writes upon the table of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Let's get this body moving. It's easy to get comfortable. Okay. What do we got here? Come on back to us, baby. All right. You mean we haven't started yet? No. Uh, let me tell you all a little bit about this little fella. Matthew, you got to keep shaking the mouth so that, that it won't go back to that. The littlest one right there, Elijah, uh, that is a is from Gainesville. He went in the Army as a, an enlisted guy and got accepted into West Point some years back. And his dad is a major in the Army. Bright man, but yet loved the Lord. His family loved the Lord, and you can tell by Elijah the way he carries himself. Let's look at his name, Elijah, that the Lord is God, right? Amen. And so, uh, can sing to it, a little fella can sing just like Matthew. I don't know who can sing the better between the two, but they both can sing. And uh, we're glad he's here. They're currently at Fort Bragg now. His dad was at the Pentagon, and they've been working at the White House some time, right? And so, very, very distinguished young officer in the United States Army. Uh, I don't know. Is he here now? Uh, no, they, they just he, they just bring him down for for the summer. To stay with you? No, he's he's at his grandma's house. His sister, I think, is at Florida State. And your sister at Florida State? Yeah, uh, she's a turncoat. But uh, <laughs> to God be the glory. Have you ever promised somebody something? And you knew that the person needed your help. And you told them, I'll be there for you. And time passes by. And you haven't fulfilled that promise. We told them that you would be there for them. And you will help them no matter what the need was. Right? At some point, at least I know most of us adults here have been, been there. Well, this was happening in Corinth. They had promised Apostle Paul that they would help with the collection in order to help the brothers and sisters in Christ back in Jerusalem. And times are tough back in Jerusalem. And they need help with their, their daily livelihood. And so Paul in this second letter is going to remind them of their promise to help their brothers and sisters back in Israel. Okay? And so look how you go about doing it. Which sometimes we do. I go on the NIV side and read. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonians churches. Okay? Otherwise, the Holy Ghost has gone throughout Macedonia and he's saving people, right? Bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what Paul is saying. God, God is gracious. God is on the move here. And Lord Jesus is saving folks. 
Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Listen, because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that joy of the Lord is unspeakable in you. And yet some of you all are poor people. But out of that poverty, a poverty, not poverty, out of that poverty, some of you are still going to be able to give because you're going to sacrificially give. Why? Because you love those in the body of Christ. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ is calling for even today, that he wants his children to make that sacrifice. But I'm afraid to say that Sometimes the modern day church not, don't necessarily, not everybody know what that means. Because I've asked some before, what is it worth to the body of Christ on your behalf for you to sacrifice a hunting trip or a vacation to make sure that a need of a local body of believers are met? Well, I can't give right now. I'll I, I, I see if I can give later. Later never comes. Later never comes. But you have this lavish vacation schedule. Mm. And you have all these other things. And, and I'm not saying by them doing that, it's wrong. What I'm saying is, what is the kingdom worth to you in order for you to make a sacrifice? Because I, I, I know what it's like to make a sacrifice. When my son wrecked my truck and totaled it and I didn't get but a handful of money back for it, I didn't have any wheels and the work of the ministry still had to go on. Brother in Christ called me up and said, hey, I got a van for you. May not be the best. But it works, and you can have it. I have the title here for you. Come get it. And me and Maurice went over and got it. That's the white van y'all see me hooking trailers and stuff up to, and, and all the that good food y'all like to eat sometimes. <laughs> it get hauled here in it. Okay? And it hauls food to other people. So the work of the ministry is not interrupted. It may not be what I want, but it's what I need. Amen? Amen. And I think, but was there a sacrifice? Yeah, the brother didn't have to give me his van. Mm -hmm. But he did. Look at here. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. You remember the widow's mic? When Lord Jesus looked and he seen the wealthy religious leaders that you prayed about, you didn't realize that, gave a tenth of their mints and stuff, right? And this one little old lady, all she had was a copper penny, coin. And she took and she gave it to God. They said, which gave the most? Those that tithe from their riches? But this lady gave all her livelihood, which wasn't very much. 
she made the supreme sacrifice in her giving. And that's where God wants his children to be at. Let me tell you, God blessed me with a good mind. I could have gone and gotten any job I wanted to. Matter of fact, Gainesville Police Department had hired me when I first got here. I was two weeks away from orientation. And I remember walking, we were living with my mother-in-law at the time because we hadn't bought a place. And I didn't have a job, just had my military retirement. And my wife had gotten a job. She was working in Live Oak, so she's driving 50 miles a day. And I put in an application for GPD and got accepted, just like that. And uh, I'm two weeks away from orientation. And I told my wife, I said, sweetheart, I don't think this is what God wants me to do. I'm a brand new seminary graduate also. So I have a degree in law enforcement. I have a, a bachelor of science and I have a master's of divinity in pastoral leadership. And so, and I have 20 years of law enforcement experience through the military. Could I have gone up through the ranks? Probably. And, uh, I said, sweetheart, I don't think this is what God wants for me. I think I need to be in ministry where I'm supposed to be. So I didn't go. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to decline it. She said, okay. Now, I know we needed a house because we came from South Carolina with eight children. And my niece was pregnant with number two child. His little sister named Michaela. He was a little snot nosed little runt. <laughs> and so, but I had to make a sacrifice. And I still had to pay my tithes, even though I wasn't working. And I needed the down payment, maybe, to get a home. I knew I needed something from the Lord, right? So I had to obey God rather than go after the money. Money doesn't save you. Money doesn't write your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Money doesn't give you the power of the Holy Ghost. If you don't believe me, go back to in Peter's day and talk to Simon, the sorcerer. All right? You sure was. But, but look, God knows your bank account. He knows what property you own. And you didn't, you weren't paying attention. And he knows how many horses you got or don't have. Okay. <laughs> and it does. I'm telling you, we, I was growing up. We used to have a pinto. You know what a pinto is, right? The horse pinto? Right. But Linda used to have one there. But we had a horse, pinto, growing up. And, and it costs money to feed the horse. The, the, the feed, the hay, the grooming, the, the medicine. The barrier. Huh? Yeah, so it, 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 
it wasn't cheap. And we were poor people. But God has made a promise. Look what the promise was. When these people gave superficially, not superficially, but sacrificially, definitely want to do superficially. That's the wrong word to use. Look what was happening here. They did what they gave beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Nobody had to plead with them. Are you getting this? No one had to beg them to give. They did it on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing and his service to the sinks. So they went to Paul and said, hey, can we give? Please let us give. You ever seen saints like that in today's time? Running up, Pastor, please take this $1,000 check. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, please take this $2 offering. I, every now and then, we come across onesies and twosies, say, hey, I got something for you. And y'all seen it. We've had folks come in and give generous donations, and we thank God for it. But there are far few in between that do that. But that's what was happening here. Paul wasn't beating the Corinthians over the head about what they had promised. He was just simply reminding them of what they had promised. And then he was pointing out to them, listen, this is how you're blessed. Let's take a look at further how they're blessed. And Ms. Vicki loved that I'm on the NIV today. And they did not do as we expected. But they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. They had their priorities right. Who did they give themselves to first? To the Lord. Okay, not the man, but to God. Some of these folks think that, well, if I get on the past the good side, I'm on the good side with God. If I go and do this and this and this, I'm on the good side with God. But that's not what it, that's what was required. What's required is that a man and woman give themselves first to Jesus, Amen. and then remain faithful in that. Okay. So Paul said they did not do as we expected. Oh, otherwise, there was a level of expectancy from the apostles. Okay what they thought the people were going to do. <laughs> but the people went to, oh, 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 oh. Our priority is first to God. Okay, here we are, Lord. And now, because we belong to God, we're now shifting over to you. Okay? Does that make sense? So what does he do? King James says, so... And so much that we desire Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. So Titus was evidently left behind to minister to these people, okay, to kind of oversee the churches in Macedonia. Godly man, Holy Ghost filled man, loving Lord Jesus with all his heart, loving the people of God, and sending Paul reports about what's going on with them. Okay? Now, so... Titus was there overseeing. Everybody okay? 
Titus is overseeing. But just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. So, they, 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 they got a good rapport going on. Paul says, you got a good reputation. There's growth going on. Did you see that? Look at that. They, they, they got, they're abounding in everything, in faith, in their speech, their knowledge, and, and, and their work, their love. But Paul said, now, let something else match all of this wonderful, all these wonderful things that's going on with you. Okay? Now we want you to match giving. With all of that that's going on with you, let's match that in giving. Okay? Let's match that in giving. In verse 8, he says, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Now Matthew put nine to the top and then bring everything across. Good job. Good job. You learn fast. Okay? Now, <coughs> evidently there were some other believers, some other churches <coughs> that were also given. And Paul said, <coughs> excuse me, he didn't call, that's not what he said. But he said, what I want to do, he said, I want to see how you line up with the others. Okay? And not that he was testing them or anything like that. He just said, look, you say you're going to do this? Let's see you do it because others have also made promises and have followed through with it. And I know certain people have promised things to this ministry and I've yet to see it materialize. And some, sometimes I do get frustrated when people say, well, brother, we're going to bless you the ministry with this and this and then you don't see it. And I just get get mad and the Holy Spirit reminds me, so what are you getting mad at? They didn't they didn't break their promises to you. They broke their promise to God. Okay. They will have to answer to that. Alright. So for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. All right, let's talk about that for a minute, Miss Marie, and, and, and I think you appreciate this. Jesus was the richest person there is. Are you aware of that? You know, Miss Vicky, when you pray that, Lord, you own the cattle on the hills, mm -hmm. and you, but you hear your little smart mouth husband over there <laughs> while you were praying, he got about a thousand hills. Okay, he was trying to remind you of something. I don't know why, like you already don't know it. Oh, you can put it in there. Right? <laughs> I know. I'm just being a little, a little feisty. And so, you already know that God owned the, the hills that the cattle are on also. And we already know from King David that God also owned all the money, all the gold, all the silver, and everything else, right? Now, Here's something else that we got to get a hold of. Jesus Christ, the owner of the universe, came down here as a poor man. 
Did you see that? He didn't come as a baby born as one to a king in a king palace wrapped in silk and stuff. He came to a poor carpenter and his wife and was laid on a feeding trough that belonged to animals and wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the clothing that he was wrapped in wasn't probably the top quality. Okay? And was raised in one of the poorest villages in all of Israel. Nazareth. And so Paul said to his, his uh, Philippians folks, he said, you know what he did? So I want to tell you what he did. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 5. Paul, can you find that? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. All right, start reading there. All right. Of this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Read on. Who, though he was, a, was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness okay. of men. Back up a little bit. You you made a statement <laughs> that he made himself what? What did he make himself? You got an N word there with a participle on the end. He made himself what? I do believe your translation said nothing, didn't it? It said, yeah, It's this is the English Standard Version. It said he made himself what? He hung, okay, well... Go back. But he made himself nothing. Nothing. Okay, the proper Greek says that he emptied himself. Okay? Everything that he had in heaven. You know, he could have brought it here and showed up with all the whistles and bells of heaven and all the riches and everything, all the angels escorting him and all that good stuff. Say, I'm here to save your stinking butts. Mm -hmm. But he didn't do that. He came humble as one of us, even though he was God sitting on the throne. Okay? He came as a human. And not just a human, a poor human and not just a poor human he said and he came as a slave other words a servant he said the son of man did not come to be served but to what serve, serve. I saw a sticker that said it says I came to serve not be served and it was like it's like a, you remember the, the dance battles back in the 80s like the, okay never mind <laughs> I spent a great number of the 80s out of this country, so I don't, I don't know. I was in another country. Um, you think about who the Lord really is. And we should always, always meditate on that. We should always meditate on it. Know where he came from, Paul said. He was rich in everything and became poor for us. And through his poorness, his poverty, as a human, made you and I rich with the grace of God and become, as Paul would tell so eloquently in his writing to the church in Ephesus, you call it the book of Ephesians, he said that, we, God has made us heirs, okay? And not only heirs, but joint heirs with Christ. We get to serve, we get to have everything God have given his son Jesus, except divinity. God has not made us gods. 
Okay? But we do get to share in the riches of God from Jesus. And so, in that opening letter, Paul told the church in Ephesus, he said, listen, you're rich in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. God has made you rich in his grace. Because before that, your bank account, Ms. Vicky, of grace was empty. You didn't have any. Because remember what John wrote in John chapter 1? He said, Moses, he said, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, or came with Jesus and in Jesus. Okay? Not focusing, huh? No, no, that's one of the secretary's daughters. You got to stay focused. And the only way to do that, you got to stop playing. So, for your sakes, he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here's my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. So you came forth and said, this is what I want to do for Jesus. This is what, or, or the saints in Jerusalem, this is what I want to do. Okay? And, and have you seen people with a lot of zeal all of, all of a sudden? You, you folks been around the church a long time, because you are the church. And you get certain saints, well, all of a sudden this zeal hit them, and boy, they want to do a million things for the church, but nothing materializes. Oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. Can't wait to do it. And I just, sometimes I just get, boy, oh, I'm so sick of tired of hearing this mess. Well, King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, that it's better not to make a vow to God than to make one and break it. That was a guess. You see a lot of people starting things and never I've seen that too. Yeah, and somebody else got to come. Yeah. That's why when some of the saints here, Pastor, we need to do. Oh. Wait a minute. Stop. My job is to equip you for the work of ministry. That's what Ephesians chapter 4 says, starting verse 11. The leadership of the church is equipped to thanks for the work of ministry. If you believe the Holy Spirit is giving you this vision, and it's something that we need to do, you, then you need to head it up from the beginning to the end. Follow through. And Lord, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you all. I, I, I used to fall on my face a lot before God and say, Lord, why can't I be consistent? Why, why do I fall short of a lot of things in you? He said, because you're doing it. Yeah. Instead of me doing them through you. Go, whoa. <laughs> slap, 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 slap. <laughs> Amen. That's right. You get zealous and you get ahead of God. You get ahead of God. And the Holy Spirit said, boy, you can run fast. <laughs> you don't have any authority. When you do that. You don't. There's no authority. It's just flesh. That's how we operate, is in authority. 
And when you when you get ahead of yourself, I know from personal experience, many, many times I've done that, that guy you're talking about. Had all these great ideas. I get in there, see the vision, and then I'm like, okay, we gotta do this, 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 this. And, and then everyone's putting the brakes on, and I get frustrated, I'm like, screw it, I don't wanna do it, I'm never going, you know, I know it works, but first-hand experience, I can testify to that. I gotta tell you another dream, because the Lord speaks to me in dreams. And I, I, I remember all of a sudden I found myself in this well-to-do neighborhood in this dream. And it was an old, well-established neighborhood too. And I walked in this place and they had like all these lawyers or these high-profile people wearing black suits. And, and the leader was uh, the guy that used to be Let's say this is CNN with the deep voice. Okay. No, uh, the black guy, the actor, Jones, James Earl Jones. And uh, he said to me, he said, young man, we've been observing you. He said, you didn't know it, but we've been watching you. I said, Okay, and say, and we're pleased with what we're seeing. All right. So in the dream, I go outside, and it says to me, Miss Vicky, it says, "Here's a seventy thousand dollars check for your moving expenses, and this is a check for your first month's pay. See you when you get here." And I'm going. So I'm walking through this neighborhood or driving, and I'm looking, all the houses look alike. They're red brick with manicured yards, and it's hard to tell which house is which. And I remember in a dream that I'm looking for the church, Miss Vicky, and the church looked just like the regular houses in the community. Otherwise, it was a part of the community. And the only way that I could tell that it was the actual church that this building, it was a little bit longer than the rest of them. And I said, oh, that must be the church. So, because it was just a little bit longer, but yet from, from riding on the street, it looked just like every other house. So I'm back on the interstate, and I'm driving. And all of a sudden, I'm up in the air. And I'm going above the trees. Going, what in the world is going on? And then I'm beside First Baptist Church right now. And Tim, the music minister, is talking to me. And I look up in the sky and I see all these signs and wonders. And I point to Tim. I say, Tim, do you see that? Do you see that? He said, see what? I said, y'all don't see that. I said, look, look, look. And so I wrote, it was a night vision. I wrote it down. I think I'm going somewhere with this. I think it's going to tie into this. So I, uh, I sought the Lord through prophecy on it. And the dream interpretation was the angels of God has been watching my work and has reported back to God 
what I've been doing. Because the guy that gave me the $70,000 check, I didn't tell you, he said, I'm the owner of a lucrative law firm. Here's $70,000 for your moving expenses. And gave me another check with several thousand dollars. Said, this is your first month's pay. We'll see you when you get here. She said, that guy, by saying he was a, the owner of a, a, a law firm, was God's legal scribe. That been right now the works that I've been doing, and report it back to God. The seventy is God's perfect number, payment from God for what I've been doing, and not necessarily money, but payment, whatever form that's in. You're on the right track. Yeah, I was on the right track, and the community and all they were looking for a preacher that preach that preached the gospel untainted, and that's what they had said. We've been watching you and you bring the word of God pure. And then, yeah. And then when I ask about to rise up above the tree, said God is raising you up to a new spiritual level. Raising you up higher. Then I go, well, what about the signs and wonders I saw in the heavens? It said God has opened your eyes to see the work of the Holy Spirit. Others can't see because they're too programmed. But you have opened your eyes to the things of the Spirit, and God is showing you. Line up with the Spirit. God be the glory. And so it requires, as Paul is saying here, for you to be rich in Christ, even though you're poor. Okay? Even though you may be struggling economically, but by being rich in Christ will cause you to give even the little bit that you have for his kingdom's sake. And you know who the kingdom's sake is? You. The people of God on earth. We are the kingdom of God on earth. Let's not forget that. We are the ones with the spirit of the living God in us. And we belong to Jesus. And therefore, the kingdom of God moves when we move. And yes, there's power in his name. And a power is moving with the kingdom. If it's not, then it's not the kingdom. So, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. You promise God you're going to do something? we got an old metaphor, don't we? Here's the old metaphor that we all here know. Put your mind where your mouth is. Yes, sir. Finish what you told God you're going to do. And that's what he told them. Does that make sense? Matthew, can you put it on to the top now? Put 13 to the top. And so, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but there might be... E Quality, all right? 
He's going to use a little bit of Old Testament imagery here. We're going to finish up here because y'all look like y'all sleepy. <laughs> We're going to use a little bit of Old Testament imagery. He said, at the present time, your, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. Okay? The Lord, when he sent manna from heaven, he equally distributed. Mm -hmm. You remember when Moses said, gather what you need? And if you don't have a big household, get enough for the next household. It said that no man should have more than what he needs or any man have any less than what he needs. Paul would later do this with the church in Ephesus <clears throat> when they would sell all this stuff and come and bring it. Same thing when Peter them got up the first day of the day of Pentecost. You remember what happened when those folks got saved? They went and sold their balonies and brought the proceeds and laid it at the apostles' feet. Those people in Ephesus, too, had some really high-dollar stuff. Yes, they did. The folks were rich. Yeah. And they gave up a lot of stuff. And our church in our time don't know what it means to sacrifice like that for their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, so what if I got to sell a winter home so that a brother and sister down south can have a place to live? So what if I got to sell 20 pair of my $125 pair of sneakers so that a brother can have some clothes to wear to work? I know personally of a lady sitting here that has given just about all she have to people. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and I know you two give all the time. But I know what her and her husband have done. I've seen it with my own eyes and felt it with my own hands. What she's given to other people and didn't require anything in return. Not one thing. Thank you, <laughs> I know, and I made a promise to Jackie again, and I didn't keep it yet. And so, as we finish on out, let, let me read on. As it is written, who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. Remember, that's the time of Moses doing the giving of the manna from heaven by God. Okay? And I thank God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus not only welcomed my appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. And we are sending along with him the brother who prays, excuse me, who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. So Paul said he's sending some men of good reports. Okay? Put, put 19 to the top, Matthew. He's bringing forth some men of renown of the gospel. Okay? And not only that, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. All right, verse 20. We want to avoid any criticism of the way 
We administer this liberal gift. Paul said, otherwise, I'm taking my hands off of it. I'm going to let these brothers handle it, okay? So they won't be saying the preacher got his hand in the cookie jar. Okay? Now, other words, and that's not really what he was saying. Not he was saying that I don't want you all to think that we have misadministered or misappropriated these funds. We want to make sure that these funds reach those who they're meant for. Okay, and that's why we got men that have good report. They're going to take this money to Jerusalem and give it to the apostles. So, for we are, we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. In addition, we are sending with them our brother who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous and now even more so because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. Matthew put 24 to the top. Wherefore, or therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you, so that the churches can see it. And of course, in, the, in half of uh, chapter nine, it's continuing on about this collection. This, this. You notice this whole chapter, chapter eight, was about the Corinthians giving up money. Okay, and Paul finishes the thought out here in chapter nine. There, there is no need for me to write to you about this service to the saints. In other words, I don't need to bother you again. Okay, uh, for I know you're. Uh, eagerness to help and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians telling them that since last year in Akisha uh, we're ready to give and your enthusiasm have stirred most of them to action so other people have heard about what you want to do so they want to give too alright they want to bless the people too um, but I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow but that you may be ready, as I said, you would be. Uh, put number four up to the top, Matthew. You've got to stay with me, baby. I'm going through it kind of fast because it's just a repeat of what he's already said in a sense. Okay? For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. What does that mean? Look, if we bring witnesses from other churches with us and they have heard that you're going to do this and you haven't done it, you know, we don't have to say anything. They're going to put us to shame. Because mm -hmm. your lack of action is going to say, look, I thought you had confidence in these people and they didn't do what you thought they were going to do. Okay? Because let's turn that even over more towards heaven. How often is Jesus disappointed because we've told him we're going to do things and then we don't follow through with it and do it. Okay? you gotta got to look at that. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangement for the generous gift you have promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this. Okay? 
Here it is. Here's the blessing in verse 6. You ready? Here's the blessing. Whoever sows spartanly, what does that mean? Give what? The very little. Chiefly. You know, being cheap. Hold them back. Hold them back. All right. Will also reap. All right. God is good. God will bless you, but he ain't going to bless you with a, with a whole lot. Just like you didn't give a whole lot, he ain't going to bless you with a whole lot. And whoever sows generously will also reap what? So if you give a big old pot of gold to God, God going to do what? Give you a big old pot of blessings back. Okay? Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. And so that's why it really bugs my heart when I go to and visit certain brothers and sisters in Christ and other fellowships. And they jump up and say, give 20 more dollars, give two more dollars, or whatever the case may be. Wait a minute, that's compulsion. God doesn't require that. Why? What's the last part of that verse? God loves what? Yeah. Give from your heart. Like that old gospel song said, give, 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 give in Jesus' name. Just give. And the Lord will bless you real soon. That's what, it, that's what the old song says. All right. Let me see if I'm to the point where we finish at here. Um, Matthew put verse 8 to the top. I know these folks are ready to go home. They're tired of hearing me talk. Miss Vicky is definitely ready to go home and get check on uh, Crystal with those babies. <laughs> and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Amen? Amen. Now he who supplies seed to the sword, don't forget that, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Okay? You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks. Put 12 to the top, Matthew. So, right, just reconcile. That's good. Just go, yeah. So this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, right? In verse 13, because this service by which you have proved yourself, men will praise God. And that's it. That's the purpose of it. Did you see that? Men will praise God. And what else? For the obedience that accompanies your confession. In other words, their confession, what comes out of their mouth, is lined up with what they give. And when people receive that and others also looking from the outside, seeing this, the wall boy, them sinks know how to give to their God. They know how to take care of each other. Look at that. God gets a good testimony. Jesus Christ is magnified among his people and the unbelievers. And that's what makes unbelievers want to become one of us. But when we fight and bicker among one another, they say, I don't want nothing to do with you church people. Okay? All right.
and so it says here, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace of God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And it, that is it, Paul. We just finished two chapters. That uh, song that she really likes is on that CD I brought. Okay. If you want to play it, I mean, it's a really good version. We can, but the only problem with that, we have to hook up the sound oh. system. It takes a few minutes. Yeah, but but she knows, because we, we, there's power in the name of Jesus. That, yeah. That's our theme song. Yeah, I've seen her live a couple times. She's awesome. Is that um, Kim Walker-Smith? Kalani Glocker or something. She's, she's the worship leader at Christian Healing Ministries in Jacksonville. Okay. Francis McNutt's ministry that's been around forever. He's like 92 now. Um, it's a healing ministry. It's, it's an awesome place. But anyway, that girl, lady, young woman, is their praise person, worship leader. To God be the glory. Yeah. Miss Vicki, you had your finger up. I didn't. Oh. Um, I was just going to say about uh, the compulsion. They'll give out a compulsion. It kind of brings my mind to some of these uh, ministries on television that that almost make you feel like if you don't give, you're not going to get your needs met. You know? They put that guilt. And, that, and that's not true because God said if you pour, pay your tithe, he said, will he not do what? Open up what? Windows of heaven. That's right. Blessing. Which, that's right. And Lord Jesus said, give, press down, measure and shake together that men shall give. Okay, and they say running over that men shall give to what? To your bosom. And so you can't outgive God. Malachi. No, you can't. But when someone gets you like make you feel guilty. Do it. And then you turn around next week and think, Wow, why did I do that? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's not the Holy Spirit. So it's not, it's not. And, and I had a sister in Christ open my eyes to that because I used to give to those ministry because I'm thinking I'm gonna get this blessing. And all this is going to happen, and, and then I go, wait a minute, Lord. I'm already giving to your house. I'm already being blessed. And if I wanted to be blessed more abundantly, as your spirit leading, then I'll still see even more to you. And so it is, it's a lot of misleading. And I'm not saying at times that the Spirit don't lead us to give to certain right. things. Right. That's not what I'm saying, because He does. But the thousand people out there that are supposed to give the thousand dollars, and I'm not really sure about that. We're not what? one of them. No, the thousand people that just gave a thousand dollars, that's one million dollars. Because here's a common sense test in all, that all, in all of that. How come the one that's doing all the talking got all the blessing? Because they kept all the money. <laughs> and how come you hadn't seen that kind of blessing roll over in your house? But that one, boy, he's... Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, being led by the Spirit of God is a good clue. If you're turned off, I have a question about our Nice Let's just pray real quick. Let's close out in okay, prayer. Yeah, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, thanking you, O God, that we never want to get ahead of ourselves and reminding people that you, Lord Jesus, is the only way of salvation. Eternal life is you. 
And no one can come to the Father and have eternal life unless they come to you. And Lord Jesus, we're praying that Father, by his love and Holy Spirit, would draw men and women and boys and girls to you. And you said, all who come to you, you will in no wise cast out, but in the last days raise them up. And so, Lord, we believe your word. And we're asking that your word go out, because it won't return to you for it, but accomplish that which pleases you, saving souls, delivering those who are in captive, and raising the dead. Have your way now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.